We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 385 of the Win in Six podcast, probably a part of the Eurostep podcast network and the Blue Wire podcast family. I'm your host, Adam McGee, and joining me as always, it's my good friend, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, hello. Hello. How are you doing on this fine day, Jordan? Doing well. Turn it up for the pod. Let's get down to business, Bucks. Your Milwaukee Bucks, two games back of the Boston Celtics, the Joe Missoula fighting Celtics. Um, yeah, things are going good. What, five in a row now, I believe? Five wins five in, in a row. row. Seven and three in their last ten, five in a row. I allowed you to do that, that twice, not just hum- for... Go on, the machine is coming it. again. That's what that was. Oh, I don't know. We may need to get a guy to, to look at what that, that noise the machine's making. Checking is, my furnace. Know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you're you are right. The books are rounding into form at a nice time. Um, hopefully the all-star break is not going to disrupt this bit of momentum they've got, but we are seeing them. Not fully healthy. As last time out, we had to talk about Bobby going down injured. We shall wait and see on that one. The one thing I guess since we recorded that was reports of it being a grade two. Um, oh, I didn't even see that. 
Yeah, yeah. The reports of grade two, I believe it was the Journal Sentinel had grade two mm. circulated. So that would have that would put him on the closer to six weeks end of the scale. If everyone else stays healthy and the books are playing like they are right now, that's fine. Rest up, Bobby, get back and be right for the playoffs. But we know they're big ifs. Having said that, how have you found it, Jordan? Are you reinvigorated somewhat by the ability to just watch a a largely healthy books? And and I mean, look, the old school, the truest, Giannis and Chris out there together doing Giannis and Chris things. Are you happy to see the books look like the books and winning basketball games again? Did your soul I, need it? Yeah. Chicken soup for the teenage soul. I needed it so bad. Um, yeah, it turns out, again, I this crazy notion that having your best players means that you win games. <laughs> um, and the Bucks are proving that again. Um, it's great to see Giannis turn it on, putting up 50 point games and 40 point games like it's nothing. Honestly, it's been probably as much as it's not been a uh lights out Giannis season in some ways it is kind of ridiculous to even say that because or insinuate that because he has just been very good but uh he has really turned it on has really benefited from however many games he missed too recently over the last month uh, before he basically returned with Chris um and then Chris I mean I, I know we've talked about it privately in our little GSPN chat but this return um, feels more legit than it did the first time around. There's just things that have like really clicked into place. It's been nice to see Chris, uh, even in you know 15 to 20 minute increments, uh, really get a chance to shine. He's really running uh, five man units out there when he's on the floor. Um, I think he just it it look he still looks like someone getting his feet literally or legs under him um again and i i, I think this is kind of how we're gonna take it day by day and just you know power it through um basically until the all-star break and just kind of reassess and see how he'll be whether he gets into the starting lineup and all that stuff but I don't even want to go that far of like, what does he look like when he gets full minutes? Because I think right now where, how he is looking, his shot is really coming into form. He's got just, I don't know. I, I, it's great to see Chris Middleton, just do Chris Chris Middleton things and really steer the offense in a very obvious way that they just kind of needed during stretches. Like it just, it's brought a a balance to the team um, and not in very many obvious ways, but I just think, in terms of the overall rotation, it's obviously going to change when he, you know, starts playing 30 to 35 minutes and it's playoff time and all that stuff. But just having another guy that could really move the offense and lead, uh, lead it just solves so many problems. It, it, it just feels like a lot of people just are breathing easier with him back. Not just Giannis, but Javon Carter, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton has been really shooting it up uh, as of late. Joey Ingles, like, it's Chris being back kind of overshadows just how solid Joe Ingles has been over the last, what, two months since he basically returned or not two months, but a month and change. Um, it's yeah, it's just, it's, it's very, it's very great to see the Milwaukee Bucks play. And it's very great to see the uh, 
players that we associate with the Milwaukee Bucks play very well. It's very great to see the Milwaukee Bucks play. It might be Jordan's equivalent of my infamous. I I, I like to watch the big guys play. Uh, that that's I like very the big much there. Which you know, Jordan, it's what you just said. It's completely true. No one can fault you for it. At the same time, does it sound a little silly? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, the books are five and zero with Chris Milton back. Uh, since his latest return, they boast an NBA best net rating in that still relatively small sample size, but they're outscoring opponents by twelve point nine points per one hundred possessions. Is that any good? Um, shooting the ball really well. Pace. Pace, something which hasn't always mm, been yes. there throughout the season. Um, 109.5 is the books market pace, which only the Charlotte Hornets, which I will say, playing the Charlotte Hornets in the middle of this run certainly helps your pace to go up too. But they are at a 105.2 mark in second place. So a colossal, a gulf between the books and the second place Hornets over kind of that spell of time. Um, but to see the books posting a, an offensive rating for really any stretch of five games this season, that's literally just a tick. It's 119.9, just below 120 points per 100 possessions. That is exciting. That is something that, hasn't really been kind of central to what they've been doing. The offense has been the issue. And I think when a lot of the hype has come around, many of their rivals, it's centered around that there are offensive juggernauts out there and the books are not one of them. Um, a lot of the best of what we've seen in the books, I think a lot of what's got people's attention this year has been on the defensive end. So to see Chris come back and finally actually look pretty healthy and as the books kind of bed back in together, for them to perform at that level, it is noteworthy. Um, it, I don't think it's something that we could just gloss over. The schedule has certainly been kind to them. It got a lot kinder when the Nuggets were, in fact, not the Nuggets, but a, a group of imposters parading as the Nuggets. The books oh. still made pretty hard work of that one. That was the, the toughest work they've made of any of these games. Yeah, um, NBA ultimately. has to do something about it. Oh, well, I wasn't looking up with that kind of worms today, Jordan. Uh, we've got a hard out today, so I don't think we'll save that one for the All-Star break, baby. Um, but at the same time, it hasn't just been the case that, oh, the books have a softish schedule. Everything will be fine. They'll run through these teams. That hasn't been the reality lately. And I think as people were getting more and more anxious about it, and that includes possibly the books players, given rumblings of discontent that we had heard about that. I think we all largely accepted. Yeah, they're just frustrated because they're not winning at the kind of rate they're used to. Now they are again. And if they can keep that up, if they can go into the all-star break strong, come back out of that and push on. The season starts to uh, really fall under their control again you did mention right up top they're just two games back of the boston celtics once again really doesn't feel like that long ago that had got to like five games um so eating into that is important but also the sixers have had a nice run they're eight and two in their last 10 games and they are a game back of the books and the nets are dealing with their ups and downs with you know their actual best player not playing and then 
the circus being what's left and you're getting a little bit of a gap we've we've seen some separation and we've seen the books then fall back and it get really kind of congested in there where you could throw a blanket jordan and it could cover places two through six or seven in the eastern conference i think the books have a chance here to put that kind of stuff out of the picture for good let's let's kind of follow these five games up and another five games that are really strong and i think they can maybe lock into a okay where are we going to land in positions one, two, three, and that be the focus for the remainder of the season? Do you see anything of that too? Well, I just also want to throw out this little factoid. Five and one since Shams tweeted that the Bucks are looking for a new home for Serge Ibaka. Think that's what the players needed to hear? Correlation equals causation? Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. Um, what was your question? <laughs> My question was, do you think the books, if they put together, for example, another, I'm not saying another five games like this, which would mean extending their winning streak to 10, but let's say they win four of their next five, five of their next six, something like that. Essentially, we go strong into the all-star break and come out of it picking up where they left off. Can this team get to a point where the concerns of, oh no, look, there's a rough week, someone gets injured, and all of a sudden it's like, they could end up in the fifth spot, they could end up in the sixth spot. You know, the kind of thing that I feel like has bubbled up with fans quite a bit throughout the season. Are we at a point where this book team can just put that away and it'd be like, okay, this team is probably falling no lower than third. And even that might be on the low end of the scale. I think they are closer to that. Yes. Um, that's me knocking wood. There's just. Let's well, help our bidding, Of course. Yeah, we, of course. We know that's, all about it. That is point. the biggest detriment to them. Um, not fully pulling away or usurping the Joe Missoula fighting Celtics. Um, But yeah, I I do think the the way that they're playing, I I mean, it's not even just defense is their bread and butter. It's going to be always talked about how they view themselves as a defensive first team, but offense has really been clicking. And obviously it helps to have someone like Giannis who is putting up again, gaudy games on a nightly basis, but I just think that the Bucks offense has been working in a way that like it's it's working how it intended it it's supposed to be. The random play random random basketball. Chad Forcier talked about this at a recent uh halftime interview. So it's fresh in my mind. But like the things that they do where their offense gets gummed up or you know, it's it how they were like earlier points of the season where it's Giannis and maybe drew and not much else to really lead the offense name the guy like having chris alone helps that fact but like joe ingles to just keep shining praise on him he just solves so many little things it's not like there's no like rocket science to what he's doing but like there was a play last night early against the hornets and the bucks struggled to really put away the hornets but it wasn't for the lack of their offense by any means. They were <laughs> running and gunning with them, um, at least until like the end. Um, 
But I just think like the, he just does these little things that keep the ball moving. There's the the days of when the Bucks would just kind of like stand around and you know it, everybody's in the quadrants that still exists, but it's also paired with people moving. There's like Chris is working. There's one score that he had like a. Uh, he kind of just made this very savvy cut and then hits this, goes in the dunker spot. I think it was Ingles actually hits him up and easy, something like that, where it's just so effortless and intuitive. And it, that's the kind of plays that has been re- like regularly happening, happening for the bucks. And like, you can have a down shooting night, Drew holiday, you know, had a bad shooting night for the first time in a long time against the Hornets. And it's still like he's still doing things that like salvage the fact that he's not he doesn't really have it that night. Or I don't know. I just there's just little things like that that like we can easily get swept into like how Chris is doing upon you know his second return or Giannis just going back to tearing it up. Um, Drew Holiday obviously doing a lot to you know make his All Star case uh, known and Brooke Lopez just being Brooke Lopez all year long. But like I just think for where this team is right now and all the kind of harumphing and haranguing <laughs> that existed earlier in the season, I think we have seen how, like, we've gone through all of that, and now that everybody is close to finally healthy, obviously Bobby being the big exception right now, I just think it's it just kind of makes it all worth it to go through all those bumps and bruises when you have – the Bucks playing as well as they are. And obviously it's helped by, you know, some teams not having their best players on some nights, but I just think at, for the greater good, the Bucks are putting together the the start of something very appealing towards their playoff hopes, I would say. For sure. And Giannis is on an absolute tear. It's not for the first time we've seen this happen this season. Are the Bucks potentially going to benefit from that time on the sidelines he had recently? As much as I think it was a cause of frustration and concern for people, as things were starting to spiral a little bit further, like they don't have Chris, they don't have Giannis. Is that something I, I know we kind of speculated about at the time of, well, I wonder are the Bucks just going to push this a little bit further? Just take a little bit more time, take some care, and not be overly concerned about, oh, we're losing this game, we're losing this game, where are we at in the standings, and really play the long game because of how hard he's been pushing. I mean, based on how he's playing, he came back, I think there's been a lot of talk, and rightfully so, it's certainly not inaccurate to say he is freed up by just having Chris out there, and it, it makes a massive difference to his game. But he also did get a... I guess kind of the all-star break uh, that he won't necessarily get, um, particularly now that he has been named as an all-star captain and he's going to have all of the media and publicity duties and responsibilities that are going to kind of be attached to that in the, the kind of few days up leading up to all-star game. This is something that we have seen teams do in the past. There have been LeBron James seasons where, kind of with the understanding of I know Christmas and Christmas and New Year's was the time that probably got the most scrutiny um, but there have been times where close to All-Star break 
mm-hmm. the foot would come off the gas in a way because it's like, okay, well, you're not going to get the break that guys four through 15 on our roster are going to get. And that's very much the case for Giannis. As much as we hope the books will have other representatives at All-Star Weekend, I think it's still very, very, very possible, probably likely, that Giannis is it. Is that something that we're already seeing the benefits from, though, and that we could continue to see the benefits from, that they worked that into the schedule? I'm not saying that he didn't have an injury, just to be clear, Jordan, just to be clear. Um, but I, I don't think the books are overly eager to push that or to to give kind of anything but all the time he needs and then some more time because it was just within their interest to be like, okay, we should maybe give this guy something of a break and make sure we're not going to wear him down because you wear him down, the season is over. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you're almost gaming the schedule, but part of it is the unusual way that the season started. You're going, what, two to three months, essentially, because Chris returned for, I think it was like seven games, and then was put back on the bench. Like, Giannis is just carrying this massive load that, like, <laughs> that's unsustainable for the entire season plus playoffs um, in terms of just, you know, keeping him healthy. And on top of playing for Greece um, at Eurobasket and everything like that, like, he's had a lot of basketball miles over – the last 12 months alone, I mean, even go back to last year, I will hammer this home. It's just, he's played a lot of basketball. You see, <laughs> and then parts of the calendar that aren't normally the NBA season too. So um, yeah, I, I think, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see another stretch like that, you know, four to six months or four to six weeks down the line, because it is a long season. It's grueling, it's taxing, and you're going to, try to catch breathers as, as much as you can. Um, so, yeah, the fact that he has looked as sharp as he has um, since being out however many games, I think it was like five to six games or so, um, it kind of reinforces why you take a couple of weeks off and just kind of player body maintenance. It's, it's no – it's not – it's sports science. It's not rocket science, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I, that's the end of my point, I guess. That's a point well made, Jordan. I can't think of anyone else who could make that particular point quite like you. <laughs> uh, I will just you. You brought up Joe Ingles a few times, and I want to take a moment to acknowledge it was very, very brave of our friend and colleague Ron Cotty to just you know hold those hands up, strong mea culpa on all things Joe Ingles. And play the whole. Look, Why? nobody enjoys being wrong more than me. Nobody enjoys being wrong more than me. This is what I wanted. This is what I wanted all along. We got a playback uh, video to, <laughs> to watch again. Uh, no, but generally, I Rowan means that. Uh, that is a that is a place that I think something probably we all relate to. When yeah, yeah you talk about this team and these players all the time. Uh, we don't make any bones about it. We are we are books fans, and we want the books to do well. Uh, no better example for me. I certainly I didn't go full Roja Joe Ingles, but I was not the biggest Bobby Portis fan when he signed, and I've I've eaten crow on that one plenty of times. And you know what? It worked out pretty well. I was I was quite happy to be wrong when you know. <laughs> 
the books are parading around Larry O'Brien Trophy and Bobby Portis is the bear of Milwaukee. So mm-hmm. um, I tip my hat to Rohan. I didn't want to let that one go by. Um, Ty as well, by association. Ty actually wasn't. He was at... <laughs> He was at a Timber Rattlers game, I'm pretty sure, at the time. That is true, yes. Um, so he was he was more focused on Jackson Churio, I believe, was was mm-hmm. actually still there at the time. Um, but you know, Ty has been guilty by association for, for a few months. So Ty, you're you're clean too. We've wiped the slate clean. Everyone is now pro jingles as it should be. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, where do we want to go to next, Jordan? Do you want to go to All-Star or do you want yeah. to go to... I thought you'd want to go to All-Star rather than trades. Are the books going to have any more All-Stars? I, this is the exercise that I always like, yeah! And then I think about it, it's like, ah... Uh. <laughs> well, I, I, I've gone through that where I think, yeah, and then you look at like any article from any outlet on predictions, and no, is the answer that everyone else is coming up with. So as much as it feels like it does, like the way let's, I'm just throwing out Drew's credentials: ninety point four points per game, shooting forty six percent from the field 36.9% from three 85% from the line 7.2 assists 5.3 rebounds 1.4 steals 
Um, let me, I, I think if, if he does not make, he is certainly building a case to be an all-star. It's there. The Bucks are one of the few teams that you could say that are secure in their place um, as a top contender for the LOB this season. Um, if he doesn't get it this year, then I don't see him ever getting it again. Because <laughs> it's like he's doing everything that he can. You could make the case, too. He's had to shoulder a bigger workload because Giannis, Chris, throwing Bobby now. Like, he's been close to fully available. Played 40 out of, what, how many games now? Uh, uh, the books have played 51. 51. Oh, that's not as great as I thought it would be. Um, but... I, I don't know. I, I I would probably say no. I would say no. I think it's it's just Giannis. Yeah, and it's a real bummer because I think it's to your point. Like what a it's it's kind of a universal thing for the profile of guys the books have as those. Oh, you know, it would be really nice if they got in their room because it applies to Drew. It, it applies to Brooke the same way. Um, I think positionally, based on what their skill set is relative to the players who generally get selected as all-stars at their position, I think those two guys this year really have done a lot and I think have done enough to deserve it. And they may be kind of eked out on a numbers basis. Like, uh, that's that's something that I think is flawed. There is always the possibility. It does happen sometimes with the coaches. Like, for example, Drew Holiday is a player that we know how players, we know how coaches feel about him around the league. If that ultimately ends up being a closer call than maybe the media are predicting it being, he could prevail in that because the level of respect for his game is there. And you just could have a case this year where a lot of people be like, yeah, he's had to do a whole lot more and he is delivered in that. Um, there, There are other cases though... I find it, it's it's difficult to weigh up. Uh, like, Bam Adebayo's having a great season. I'm going by the numbers. I'm not watching a whole lot of Miami Heat games. He's averaging 20 and 10. Like, that's and... that's really tough not to have there. And at the same time, the Heat are not very good. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at where they're going and how all of that fits in contextually versus then, say, maybe what Brooke is doing. Brooke is 2.5 blocks per game, which I, yeah. you don't you don't have 20 and 10. The thing is the waiting for blocks never gets like because the gap from someone who's averaging 1.5 blocks a game to 2.5 blocks per game is equivalent to like eight points, if that is a, a key kind of determining factor. And we're just talking about basic counting stats, and it really should run deeper than that. But we also know that there's an element of with this with All-Star where that really matters. Um, so Bam is someone who, like, his numbers are undoubtedly very good, but you're like, okay, where is the Eastern Conference big or center spot going to as a reserve? I look at that and I'm like, okay, yeah, 21.4 points, 10 rebounds, Especially... 3.1 assists, 0.8 blocks, which honestly do better, Bam. Like, I actually would expect more 
as as a shot blocking threat from him. And comparing that, like Brooks, fourteen point four points is not the same. Six point three rebounds is not the same. You're not asking that of him. And relative to performance levels, what's expected, age, I think the whole package. When you're talking about someone who is putting up improved offensive production while having a defensive player of the year level season at the age he's at, the fact that Brooks splits are. 49.7% from the field, 37.6% from deep, 792 from the free throw line. That last one actually being a little bit lower than it could be. Like, he's having a hell of a season. Mm-hmm. I, I think it'll look a little bit silly when that's not... No one's going to care about it outside of, like, these four virtual walls and, of course, all the many people listening. But I, I do think Brooks' case is so much stronger than the numbers are suggesting. And even if you want to take his numbers at face value, they pack an extra punch for a big of his profile. Where if that level of production for someone in his role isn't enough to make an All-Star game, that's great. That kind of that kind of player is just ineligible for the All-Star game. And we know we know this. This is part of the problem is you could be the very best player in the league in a specific role and you are not going to get the recognition for that in an all-star sense. You may not get it even in an all-NBA sense. But that's just kind of sad. And I know part of this is me caping up for centers and the the positional elements of this certainly haven't helped someone like Brooke. Because essentially, I mean, Roy Hibbert put an end to this because people are like, Roy Hibbert's yeah. starting. It's like... Yeah, Roy Hibbert was really good that year. Like, yeah. people can look at his, his averages, points, and rebounds and be like, Roy Hibbert, and he's starting with these guys. And it's like, yeah, he was an absolute linchpin of an amazingly good, overperforming Pacers team. And there is value to that. And I, I think moving away from recognizing that production looks different for a certain kind of center. And by Bam doing what Bam's doing, He's maybe not quite being the center that in some ways that he could do with, you know, it's it's like there's a balancing act there too, where I think if bigs end up playing more like forwards, yeah, their numbers are more impressive for all-star purposes. But when you look at the standings, do the best teams in the league generally have the big men who are doing that? Joel Embiid is the exception, like of someone who... In the uh, East... I would say Kaz are in there. That's that's fair. The Cavs are in there. But if you think yeah, but if you think of different... the books, if you think of the books Celtics profile, we know how the Nets have had to treat the center position really over recent years. It it's not something where your focal point is there and your points are going to come from there. Yeah. But when the Celtics have been at their best like to take this away from the books. Yeah, and take any any perception of bias away here, Jordan. Not us. No way. There's no denying, for example, like what if Robert Williams adds to that, in spite of what the numbers may show. I just think there's something that gets lost there, and Brooke is as close as he is going. Like, I'm pretty his point is correct. This is it, yeah. and. I really hope one way or another, like the recognition could come later. If the recognition for his season ends up being defensive player of the year, that'll be amazing. I think we'll all be very happy with that. And Brooke would probably be much happier and prouder of that. than he would be another all-star appearance. 
he's done that. He doesn't need to worry about it. The thing that would really be the feather in his cap is look at how I reinvented my game. At um, 35. Yeah. Like but, I but Drew is the same. Like we're talking about Brooke there in the extreme. Drew is averaging just under 20 points per game. He's having the highest scoring average since his second to last season in New Orleans, too. Like, he's just not going to be a 28-point-per-game scorer on a really good team at some point in his career. So how do you weigh up the fact that he is the best guard defender in the NBA and he's averaging 20 points per game and he's assisting at a really high rate and he's doing that efficiently, he's not turning it over a lot? Like, that has to factor in beyond, yeah, but look, this guy's averaging 26 points per game and his team are, like, in the 5 to 9 range. Like... I don't know. It's uh, uh, this is a conversation you and I have probably had. What? How many years of All Star is this now? Eight. Like eight years that we've been doing pods talking about this, and you'll do it every year. Where it's like, what are we actually recognizing here? And I think the response to that is always, yeah, it's about entertainment that people want to see. But people want to see what you're serving up to them too. What you tell them is entertainment, and I do think the entertainment value, the appreciation of a lot of other players and their, their abilities has gone down by way of just making, Oh, well, was the last year where the Hawks were like way out of it. And Trey young is an all-star starter. I know fan voting's in. That's happened like two or three times in his career. It's not, obviously he's an amazing player to watch. He's incredibly gifted offensively, but there comes a point where it's like, Someone who's just as gifted defensively, if there's more balance to their game of the year, you know, get them in there and showcase that. This is, uh, I'm, I'm having an argument with myself, Jordan. I know you're on my side. I know many of the listeners are, um, but it is the books more than most teams, and particularly this season, feel like an example of highlighting these kind of inequalities is way too strong a word uh, but that exists in <laughs> how all-stars get selected how you get honored yeah. and the, the the reason why like we can't just toss this away like all-stars dumb who cares just don't pay attention to it just the reality is Brooke Lopez Drew Holiday they're probably an all-star appearance or two, or maybe a defensive player of the year award each. Um, it's not po- not impossible that both those guys could win one before they're done away from having a plausible hall of fame case where they're going to get on the resume. And that could be the thing that gets them in where it could just be that a couple more all-star appearances is a difference to where their mm-hmm. place is in the game 20, 30, 40 years from now. So on the one hand, this is really dumb and we can all recognize that, it's not actually about the best players, but the flip side is I I think, well, people like you and I care about the hall of fame and players certainly care about the hall of fame. And this continues and I can't see it ever changing to have a pretty significant impact on like the top line reading of someone's career when it comes to consideration, if it's like one time, two time all-star or four time all-star or eight time all-star, those things immediately ratchet you up into a different category and will help you either to get in the door very swiftly or to not make it in at all. Like Drew's got an Olympic gold. He's got an NBA championship. 
a lot of the pieces are there, but there needs to be a couple of other individual things to get him there. Um, Brooke is maybe further away because his USA experience didn't end up in that really top tier way. But again, like if, if the Bucks won a championship this year and these guys are two times champions and then they were honored, things can things can stack up quite quickly. And that is also why, for as dumb as it is, it kind of still matters. Yeah. Yeah. It's what we talk about every August, September, whenever Hall of Fame rolls around. And it's one of those benchmark things that you look at that determine a player's career. So yeah, it's not... It's it's in the moment, but it also stands the test of time. And I would reckon to say that the the starter vote doesn't. I I it's a popularity contest, even with the factor of uh, media votes for it, uh, fans vote for it, players vote for it, and yeah, there's blips and. Grayson Allen gets more votes than Marcus Martets, but it all weighs out to what it arguably should be. There are obviously big exceptions to it, but still, um, there's it's probably the best. There's no perfect way to do this. When it comes to the coaches' vote, which is where it, it's more fascinating, it's not as spelled out as like the starter vote because they make all that stuff public. I would say that they kind of, based on how this this season is, especially too, there's just a lot of teams in it. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a decree of like, oh, the Pacers are going to be a, a top team by the end of for the playoffs this year. No, but because they are in the hunt, they have performed above expectations. It's made Tyrese Halliburton a target for making the All-Star team for the first time. And People like seeing first-time All-Stars. It's just kind and of on, on an individual basis. Like, it's very hard to dispute that. And that is fun and exciting. And I like Tyrese Halliburton a lot. Same. And it's yeah. also, like, that's a that's a flip side of it, too. And it's a, that's a position, I guess, that we were kind of in, like, when Giannis broke through and, oh, and yeah. got to be an All-Star, where you're a smaller market, you're going through a tough time, and you're looking for, okay, what are the, the rays of light? Where is our hope coming from? Getting... A team like that getting someone into the All-Star game can give a boost to a franchise and kind of get it's everyone huge. inside the fans. Like, it's tough. You don't want to erase that either. And then the other side of that is, like, for players, it the same way it factors in Then when we get to the end of the season. Like, we're talking about All-Stars, how they can factor into legacy for Hall of Fame now. It's the conversation to come up too, where media members are like, I hate voting for all NBA because this has contract implications, which is something we've heard over and over again. Like it's, I don't know what the better system is. Yeah. Like part of me thinks it would be expanded rosters. That's, but then that could really dilute it in a hurry. You'll get years where it's not the case, where there are three to four guys missing out. We've seen it years should be where hard. It should, it should be hard. It should, that, be, it should be hard, but I, I do think they have a problem where in kind of a sixth man of the year war, like we were having this conversation yeah. with Bobby earlier this year. It's like everyone knows the type. You know the type. Yeah. And you know who's going to miss out regardless of anything else and where wider context gets lost. 
because there is a type that the all-star is going to be, particularly as you get to replacement, as you move along. Someone like Drew as a replacement guard, like, that's tough. Chris did well when he got his to get them because he is not the kind of player who is a slam dunk to get in over flashier forwards. Like, yep. that is a problem in its own right, that there is a type because there are a lot of really, really great players who contribute winning basketball and play individually also. We're not... We're not advocating for people who are just like miles off it here. Um, And they'll just kind of go through this. Like an example of someone that when I think of this now and you're zoomed out and you're talking legacy and it's coming from an era of great players, great, great players at his position, Marcus Johnson. You look at Marcus Johnson Mm -hmm. and the year in, year out, he's on the ballot again. Can he just, can he sneak into the Hall of Fame? He really deserves it. People who watched him play at the time, his peers talk about his style of play, his impact, just how good he was at his peak. Um, but what did he have? Five, four, five all-star appearances? Five. Honestly, I think if that number six, he's probably in. If that number seven, he is 100% already in. And that is the difference. It's not like a five-time all-star is insignificant either. But... Yeah. In that area, you're like, okay, well, let's look at other players around that time at that position, and you very quickly get to Dr. J, you know, get to Larry Bird, and it gets tough. <laughs> it gets very, very tough, particularly when you're on a team that didn't go and win championships. Uh, that's something that Especially is just... Back it, then it, when... it irks me. It's, it's not fair. Sports are not fair, Jordan. But I, I do yeah. think a lot of great players just don't get to live on in a legacy sense. They will get lost to time because, I mean, it's it's not a I'm not, it's not a knock on people. Like, I've done it. I'm sure you've done it. You look back to your time. You're like, okay, oh, that person has X many all stars. It sounds like it is indicative of something, but if you don't have that number besides your name, you are literally you're lost to time unless someone's really doing the digging. Yeah. Agreed. Anything else on All Star? No, I hope. I hope when is there a better this... is there a better chance or worse chance? How far out do you think? I, I I'm going with. I Drew think Drew is honestly like the first guy out. I, I so think so. We just need one Adam Silver pick, and Drew Drew will be in. You think? I would. Yes. Yeah. Okay, if it's that close, I mean, there's a very good chance of that. It's it's rare. I mean, is Kevin Durant going to play in the All-Star game? Halliburton, too. I don't know. I think Halliburton does have a date to come back is before he coming, All-Star. Is he back but whether, whether they actually want him to play in the All-Star game, uh, he'll want to play. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out soon enough. We'll talk some more about it then. All right. Trade deadline, Jordan. Your favorite time of the year. Um, the books are going to make a move. That's what I'm saying here. The books are going to make a move. I'll go one step further, <laughs> Jordan. I'll go one step further. The Milwaukee books are going to trade for Jay Crowder. <laughs> <laughs> I wish everyone could see the visuals of Jordan's exaggerated spit take there because they, they were much better than the sound. Um, 
reports in recent days have the books having been granted permission to speak to Jay Crowder in spite of the fact the trade isn't agreed. He's not I, a free I, agent. I saw it is an something... unusual... Go on. I saw they took it a step further. They they allowed Jay Crowder to talk to the Bucks, to have him buy him a car, buy a house. They're like, yeah, here are the keys. He's yours if you want him. Like that was the most ridiculous. I am just picturing James Jones in the talking stick arena or whatever it's called right now. I think it's actually the footprint center, which is you're right. It is the footprint center. Yeah. Lovely, lovely Mamie Red sponsorship. Um, he's in his tower on high at the footprint center, and he's just like, Does anyone want Jay Crowder for more than uh George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Mora, and a plethora of second round picks that will not that will eventually be traded again um, on draft night. Yeah, it, they, the Bucks really want Jay Crowder. They're not going to sell the the farm for him, and the Suns are just like, please, anyone? Can you can you beat this offer? Can Shams? I'm telling you for the fifth time, this is what is out there. But do you let him speak to the books if you're... This doesn't seem to help with the leverage of that. No, and it's why... Do you think it is a true, we are going to do this? We are going to do this. We're just letting every other team know we're going to do this. So this is your last chance. Have we had going, going, gone, and, you know, the gavel still hasn't come down? They're looking around the room. They're just... It's when... Robert Sarver passes the gavel to got a Abaka, Abaka War a Hill to you. You're, you're 20, sure. You're certain. 28 second round pick from via <laughs> Brooklyn to the Bucks via Houston. Yeah, it's just it's comical. It's also why, like, I just like until it happens, I'm not guaranteed that he comes here because they're. They're, the the Suns are going to play. I, I don't know. Did you see? Because I've just actually seen now. Dwayne Rankin um, of Arizona Republic reported today that the Bucks and Jay Crowder have had that meeting now. Oh uh, yes, thank you. And I quote: "The meeting went well as the two sides met at an undisclosed location for a day." Sources oh, said. End quote. They spent the whole day together. Hmm. What do you think a day with with the boss man is like? A lot of all caps. Uh, yeah, even when PJ was running out of Houston, he obviously still played, um, played some and then won it out. But sure, it is. But this is a this is now like a and I, I know that there's... it works really well. I will, I think this is really bad. Like, if the books get Crowder, it works for the books. I do think this is really bad for the NBA and the kind of thing that I'm sure in the league office they're like, how the hell do we work around this? Because we've got to counter this in future CBAs. Um, if Jay Crowder sits out the whole first half of the season, is given permission to go and talk to the books, a team that he very, very may, very well may have like right at the top of his list, um, for a variety of reasons, as we all know, former Marquette man, he might like the idea to come back to Milwaukee. He has 
seen the other side of the books plenty of times. And I, I do think there's always in a PJ Tucker-esque way too, there's probably a point where if you've been through that experience, you're like, yeah, let me be on Giannis's team this time. Also, uh, the fact that it's heated up since Bobby went down too, is just like... Well, that's also, I mean, he's going to be more interested because there's opportunity to play. And I don't think that's necessarily the minutes you're going to be eating into long-term, but it's clear opportunity to get out there to play. I mean, it could be in certain matchups. We know what some of Bobby's limitations can be um yeah. and matchup dependent yeah that is an alternative option would be something really the books haven't had at all so yeah that could be useful i just i find it interesting on the sun's part like sure you want to push this thing along you need to make the deal happen you want a good price you don't need this to happen of course there is the possibility that they're having conversations because those conversations could be extension based, right? Uh, well, that is always in play. It always like that—that that is one of the few reasons why ahead of a trade, teams could talk with the player they're going to because there could be a sense of okay, well, if if he says he will sign this, yes, we will give you another second round pick. Um, which I I guess that's the only really logical part for the Suns is if they're like, okay, well, by letting him speak to the books, we can convince the books that they're going to give up more because they're going to have more than a rental out of them. So that is, I guess, the other element potentially at play. Yeah. Um, there's also the element of the Matt Ishbia transfer stuff. And I believe both uh, Windhorse, Brian Windhorse and Woj of ESPN fame have talked about how Robert Sarver still has control over personnel decisions, even though he is selling the team right now. Um, Mark Stein, fellow Substacker, and uh, his in his new podcast, they talked about how the Rui Hachimura deal was it's essentially... A, I, I don't actually know, but I'm going to ask the question, and I'm really confident I'm right. Is his podcast called the This League podcast or something? It is. This League... It is. Yes. Hashtag uncut, which I don't know if you could be Jesus. uncut if you're sponsored by iHeartMedia. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they mentioned, him and Chris Haynes mentioned that uh, the framework of a three-team deal that would have sent Rui Hachimura to the Suns, Jay Crowder to the Bucks, and whatever else... <laughs> <laughs> to the Wizards um, was essentially Knicks, but it wasn't because of Washington. It was either the Suns or the Bucks. Well, if the Suns are making it very clear that Jay Crowder is talking to the Bucks in, in Milwaukee and <laughs> talking to everybody, I wonder who. Um, <laughs> I wonder who's uh, haggling or wanting just desperately, just to, please, can anybody beat this offer? <laughs> Good lord. So, like, at this point, it does just seem like a formality. I Because the Suns are not going to sit this one out, and that's it's a who blinks first. And the books probably don't have to blink. I, I think the Suns will take an offer that gets them something, and they also kind of need bodies as a team. Like, they're, they've certainly gone through spells this season where they really could use some playable guys. Uh, now, the returning question here... Yeah. 
I shouldn't I shouldn't say that where people could hear it publicly. I know that's that's to keep this between ourselves, everyone. Um, <laughs> George Hill might be the only, and it's a might might be the only playbook guy. Sir, but Serge Ibaka just needs a change of scenery. Yeah, <laughs> he made it so he deserved to be here. His knitwear, his knitwear in Phoenix. He's gonna be dripping with hot, sweat. hot Jordan. Yeah. This is gonna be. <laughs> anything else? Anything else you're expecting? Is there? Do you see? I'm just. I. I see any blindsiding I'm, potential? I'm just saying. Could horse have some not... more tricks up his sleeve. Let's not let's not pencil in Jay Crowder and uh, Goodland Green and Cream City Cream yet. Really, I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just. I'm waiting till this is done. But if okay, so if you're saying that though, what do you think could be the re- like? Where I think the is the Suns just want more? It's the Suns, but it they also more. know they can't get more, which is why they're letting them speak to the books. Like they're, but. That's their own stupidity. They essentially started this whole situation. But they're not I, just gonna. They're not gonna sit it out. Like the call could come in a minute before the deadline, but they're not just gonna keep Jay Crowder. And if no one else, no, no, I don't think anything. so either. I don't think it's that. I think it's they would want something better from a team that's more desperate to give up more of what they want, which they may exist. If it exists, you never know. You never if it know. existed, though, is he speaking to the books? The trade has happened, and he's on his new team already. It is weird that that would leak, but I don't think it's that weird, especially when he's essentially a holdout. Well, the right? other factor, again, to bring back to the potential that Crowder could want to go to Milwaukee, if that's the case, they might have a nice offer on the table from somewhere else, and they're like, yeah, but we're not giving this up for the rental. We We need to know that he will sign. And he'll return, and we'll get at least one more year, two more years, whatever it is, out of him. And if Crowder is just like, no, I I want to play for the Bucks. That's where the Suns are then in the position where it's like, okay, I guess tell the Bucks that class ticket to Milwaukee. (laughs) And Matt Ishmael's time. Oh, I'm I'm just saying the weirder things have happened where it felt like. I just don't see another team coming in and gazumping the books because I think not that it's not that it's hard, Jordan. I know we've had a word. I know no gazumping. Gazumping? Yeah. What is that? Like they gazump them with a much bigger offer. What does that mean? They come in with a much bigger offer. Well, that that much is clear. Gazumped? There you go. What? When a seller accepts a verbal offer on the property for one potential buyer, but then accepts a higher offer from someone else. Forest gazump. Gazump. We're gazumping and and harumping over here tonight. This is... um, Yeah, I I, I don't know. I've been thrown off my top by gazumping questions. I didn't mean to gazump you. Um... I just, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that other team is coming in to do that. I just think it's. Happening. I don't believe either, but till it's done. This is just classic Jordan Dresky. Just I'm at, fence, I'm at the finish line. A lot of things could happen in one week. That is true. That is true. 
I this could be a. I don't think the players are kind of dangling out there for it, but this could be a busy deadline because there's going to be a lot of teams who talk themselves in, and you maybe get very very silly with this. Yes. So again, if I was John Horst, I'd be like, "Have you seen Jordan Warrior's Olympic tape? Have you seen? Are you sure you don't want to shake hands on this deal right now? Have you seen Serge Ibaka?" Oh. Sit on the bench because I haven't. Is that <laughs> uh, all right? All right, Jordan. I think this leaves us with just one thing to do. We've covered the books on the court, we've covered the books off the court. Now we need to cover a man who stands on the side of the books court. Mm. It's time for. Jordan Tresky presents Mike Dunlop's Tweet of the Week. Okay. We got a couple, and I've already seen some tripwires, so I will try to get through this as well as I can. Tweeted at 10.33 a.m. January 30th, 2023. Seven battlefronts for every individual every day. Gossip excuses, complaints, negativity, half-truths as truth, lies, judge. <laughs> there it is again, the judge. Counterattack. What is with really- that? <laughs> I, I, mean, I, think, I think if we were to get him on now, I, all I'd ask him is, Coach Dunlap, can you talk to us about judgment, judges, Judge-like figures, gavels. What? It, what is it? What, what happened? Major holders. There's something so biblical about his his obsession with judgment. It's like it's very. There's a lot of judging in Fairbanks, Alaska. Um, where was it? counterattack? Control you. Lead by example. Habit of praise. Discipline of tongue starts with silence. He doesn't even say judgment there, though. He says judge. Judge. So it's literally this judge figure. I don't think that's a character limit either, because he is not even close to break yet. And there's ways he could be more concise if he needed to in other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first one. Here's the second one. Tweeted 2.45 p.m. January 28th, 2023. Classic line. Surely superiority is an awkward idea, even oppressive, but so is death. Point, team, role, declaration, like a great Broadway play. Everyone has a part. Know your job. Do your job. Ouch. Can be tough. Real tough. But then again, so is losing. I see a series of interactions that I want to I want to put forward here. Um, so on June 29th, or sorry, January 29th, we aren't going back that far. Um, oh. you know, we talked about before. We talked about the officiating tweets, right? We 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 did that. He just keeps tweeting about officiating. He has to keep tweeting regarding my previous tweets about officiating, not those tweets, the other ones. Um. Uh, 
so on January 29th, Mike Dunlap tweeted some previous tweets about officiating. That said, inside circle of coaching and team competition, colon, next play, next game mindset, period. History, period. Minnesota Vikings, comma, C. Grant, comma, team, colon, lost four Super Bowls. <laughs> officiating may have impacted outcome, no matter, period. Respect their courage, period. Onward, period. Which, uh, well-known figure on books Twitter. I, I would, I would deem a friend of the pod. We know Dean quite a while. Add all the books. I replied, "Your tweets are like post-its found on the wall of a serial killer." Um, to which someone else called at Ham Shlam One said, "I was just thinking the same thing. That, and I suddenly wanted salad." To which Mike Dunlap quote tweeted. Eat up, quote unquote, cheese head, and put some <laughs> left coast chia seeds on that salad of yours. <laughs> put some left coast chia seeds on that salad of yours, Jordan. <sighs> I don't even know, is the thing. Like, is that how Mike Dunlop says, stick that in your pipe and smoke it? Put some oh, left yeah. coast chia seeds on that salad of yours. Um... Ham Slam. <laughs> really wait, Ham Slam says, there. I meant word salad. I'm like Dunlop quoting just playing around. <laughs> He's putting people in body bags again, Jordan, week <laughs> in, week out. I think the serial killer, you know, maybe that's got to be his nickname because he's just putting week in, week out. If you if you just decide, if you think, oh, look at the, look at the, just I don't know the, I, I'm gesturing at thin air. Jordan could see it, like mm-hmm. the you're just looking off in the distance at this mythical space that is the Mike Dunlop Twitterverse. And you think you can just step in there as if he's he's not attuned to what's going on. Like, this is completely you're like, oh, he's just tweeting into his own. He doesn't care what anyone says. And then you say something. He's like, boom, I killed you. Left coast. This is a PSA. Put some left coast chia seeds on that salad of yours. That might have to be the, the name of the episode. It might be better to lead with Jay Crowder for SEO purposes, no. but it's going to be hard to resist. This, Put some left this, coast GSC. The episode, the episode is clearly called "Do Not Come at Mike Dunlap." Stop! Stop it! <sighs> I said my piece. I didn't even get to. There's probably other stuff I didn't get to scroll far enough, and um, but that was right there. Man delivers. What else can we say? The man delivers. <laughs> um. So, what do we have an official ruling? What What is the? I, I honestly, if you're not going for eat up cheese head and put some left coast cheese seeds on that salad of yours, I, I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know why we're continuing with this as a weekly bit. If that is not your pick for the tweet of the week, it's up there. Come on. I know he said judge, and you're a sucker for when he says judge. I know it's playing the hits. But... Play the hits, it's playing the, the Ritz, it's playing the Chia Seeds, but, you know, Eat Up Cheese, eat up cheese Head is a very memorable <laughs> turn of phrase. <laughs> that sounds like an 80s high school movie where someone's about to like start a food fight, like, Eat Up Cheese Head! And it's just like, Stuff like mashed potatoes in someone's face. I I don't know. It's like a it's like a cop in an eighties movie. It's like a, it's like Mark Wahlberg in The Departed. It's oh, like yeah. 
I, I thought there's an energy to that that like, you just you see the man, you watch his very um attention detail oriented coaching clinics delivered quite dryly on YouTube, and then you go to Twitter and he's just a freak out here on Twitter. Eat up cheese head and put some left coast cheese seeds in that salad of yours. With those words, we shall leave you for this episode. If you like what you hear, if you don't like what you hear, if you want to talk uh, about I mean, anything books, J. Crowder, or indeed Left Coast Chia Seeds. Go check us out on Repod. Um, it's a community for podcasters, podcast listeners. You can catch every episode of all of the Eurostep Podcast Networks. They all post there, as well as all your other favorite podcasts. If you're looking for a, a nice, you know, you want to break free from the, the masses. Jordan's not a man who follows the crowd big tech crowd if you want to find a podcast player that's that uh, if you were going to do i want to break free is that what you're gonna do? <laughs> i'm glad you didn't i don't know why it sounded like that that's certainly not what freddie mercury sounded like <laughs> if you want to find a player that suits your needs <laughs> repod good lord is the place for you join repod.com forward slash gspn most importantly, you could go to any episode in our room on Repod. You can drop in your comments below, and we'll go back and forth. We're happy to happy to talk all things books, any talking points from the pod in there. So please do go and check it out. GSPM.info will get you all of your other details on all things Eurostep Podcast Network. The Eurostep Podcast Network main feed is the home to not just us here with the Win and Six podcast, but also Ty and Rohan on Eurostep. You know, collectively, we'll have a lot of stuff over the next week. Uh, <laughs> I say that I won't be part for important parts of it, but it's look, John Horse could make a deal sooner, and we could we could deal with that then. Uh, but one way or another, you will be covered. All books, deadline news will be covered here on GSPN. I think that's it. What can I ask Jordan? I think that's it. I think that's it. Until the next time, thanks to all of you for listening. And Jordan, put some left coast chia seeds on that salad of yours. I'll eat up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.